0: You're listening to The Outspoken Bible, a podcast from Bible 2020 with Fiona Stewart, Jen Robertson and Neil Glover.
1: Hello and welcome to the Outspoken Bible. I'm Fiona Stewart. I
0: am joined once again by Jen Robertson. Hello, Jen. Hi, Fiona. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And also Neil Glover from Aberfeldy. Hi, Neil.
1: Hi, Fiona. Nice to see you. Are you well today? I am. I am. Good. Is, listeners, probably this is a complete tangent. This is a tangent of all tangents. But in my previous life, I used to be a software engineer, and uh, people coming on won't know that we have a, one of the hardest parts for us to broadcast is the hello bit <laughs> and uh, the, it's because when you say hello Jen and I always come in at the same point and uh, this is a massive problem with the computers uh, the ethernet thing that when they all jump onto the internet at the same time so every single computer in the world has a different time that they wait uh, before they come on next time and that stops them all jumping in at the same time it's just random you're just it's just a,
0: a source of Endless information and interest. Thank you for that. Explains a lot. <laughs> that about... makes
1: it to the podcast. Yeah. I will be shocked. Explains <laughs> a
0: lot about my family WhatsApp conversations each evening. Uh, so, uh, just a quick catch up before we get into the, the meat of things. We're we're going to be thinking about prayer uh, in our our conversation today. But I thought it might be worth just checking in with how we're getting on with Bible twenty twenty. If we're if we are Um, because we've not talked about that for a while. Obviously, this podcast is part of that bigger project um, during the year 2020. Uh, And also just a bit of a check-in with uh, some of the resources that have been made available over the summer. So let's start with Bible 2020. Honestly, hand on heart,
2: how are we getting on? Are we still doing it? Jen? I use it occasionally. I mean, obviously, I read all the verses before we have a podcast, so I Mm -hmm. I do actually engage with those bits of the Bible. I would say maybe once a week... um, I film it, I, I never film myself doing it now. I, I, I don't really know what that's about. So I'd rather film out out the way. So mm-hmm. in lockdown, if when I did do it, I was always filmed out my bedroom window. Because in some ways that made a statement, that here we are, and in this one place. Yeah. I'm not really going anywhere. Um and last week I was away in Gatehouse of Fleet, which was mm-hmm. lovely to be in a different place. And I suddenly thought I need I need to I need to film it here, like <laughs> to show that I've moved around. So it's a bit occasional, but just talking about it today, I thought I need to try and just do it more because I did uh-huh. really enjoy it appreciate it when I did it more yeah. regularly.
0: Yeah. I wonder if we're all getting a bit fed up of looking at, at our own faces, actually, and mm. and possibly for some of us. I mean, I'm, I'm doing quite a lot of things by film these or by video these days. And so actually, the thought of doing
2: another thing by video is too much. Yes, and... We have so many conversations when we see ourselves, so that's just not normal. No, mm-hmm. normal In, in re- normal life, we meet people and we don't stare at our own face mm-hmm. while we're talking to them. Our but, attention is on that person.
0: Yeah, and it's an interesting conversation because actually that is becoming normal. So that I'm finding now that I'm meeting people in the flesh, it, I'm finding it a little bit discombobulating not to be able to see my own face as I do that. So I whip out a mirror. No, I don't I don't. Whip out a <laughs> you put a picture on their <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> but it's interesting because we quite quickly got used to looking at ourselves, haven't we? Yes. Um, Neil, how are, how are you? Are you still... Bible 2020
1: I, I No, I've got, so I've got a guilty conscience about posting. I read it, in, it comes up on my um, notifications. Mm-hmm. I'm one of these people who's got rid of most of the notifications on my phone to stop myself getting interrupted, but it's about one of the very few that remains. And uh, it comes up every morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded, Bonhoeffer said you should start each day, the first words you should read each day are the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So I generally tend to, to go to them. Mm-hmm. Uh So yeah, so I I enjoy watching it, particularly as um, in the last while we'd recorded all the Ruth episodes before they came up on Bible 2020. So there was something about having been spent a bit of time with the verses and then being reminded of them again. Whereas just recently we've gotten to the verses we're doing today and so they were new.
0: Yes, Sounds good. Interesting. That's good. That's good. Um, it's that segues us quite nicely into the topic of Ruth. So obviously, resources on the Book of Ruth are still available uh, on the website. Jen, tell us a bit about
2: bags of bags of love. Bags of love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they're still available. I mean, they were they were ordered and used mainly through the summer for churches to do messy church at home or on holiday club in people's own homes but there are still churches ordering them to use for sunday clubs or midweek groups well it wouldn't be sunday clubs or midweek groups it would be at home but they're a versatile resource you know if you haven't looked into them have a look maybe you could use it in another context as we approach autumn and winter yeah, yep, yeah. and uh, alongside that, there's also where you go, which is the other podcast that we
0: we made, which was a replacement really for the Edinburgh Fringe show uh, around the story of Ruth. So that's got the full uh, biblical text of the Book of Ruth, but it's also it's it's written into part of a of an audio drama, uh, and it's eleven parts long.
1: Were you going to do a Fringe show on Ruth?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's where this all started. So yeah, we're going to write a Fringe show on Ruth. I, I I hadn't written it, but I had I had visuals in my head of what it was going to look like
1: was it going to be a drama or was it going to be a yeah. dialogue like the it, podcast does? no
0: it was going to be a drama and it was going to involve more musical so we were going to work with uh, a musician and and provide some things that help people almost in the sort of Sam singing community singing way find yeah. themselves singing the words of the book of, of Ruth um, oh, wow. with sort of audiovisual multimedia screens and things. But it's interesting because cause on one level, that sounds like a much bigger thing than, than producing an audio drama. But actually, I think in terms of the number of people listening, certainly the last time I looked, I think we'd had about 1,500 downloads on the, the podcast. So that's probably more than we'd have had um, coming into a hmm. show, which is which is interesting. And it obviously sits there for people to find. And people still haven't found it because I had a conversation with a lady this morning. I said, oh, what's that called? I couldn't find it. So
1: Listeners, um, Fiona always makes me feel guilty for not listening to it enough.
2: <laughs> at all. And I've listened to it all and it's very good. Really worthwhile.
1: (laughs) See, see, Jane jumps in and there's a (laughs) passive-aggressive thing going on there. How rude. For this reason I fall on my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth receives its name. I ask God from the wealth of His glory to give you power through His Spirit, to be strong in your inner selves. I pray that Christ will make His home in your hearts through faith, I pray that you may have your roots and foundation in love so that you together with all God's people may have the power to understand how broad and long, how high and deep is Christ's love. Yes, may you come to know his love, although it can never be fully known, and so be completely filled with the very nature of God.
0: So we are turning to think about prayer um, our, our readings in the current season on uh, Bible 2020 have really helped us, pushed us towards thinking about what, what prayer is, what prayer means, um, what does it mean to to be contemplative in our prayer life, what does, what does prayer look like. I'm, I'm quite interested just to start us off with a question about, I suppose, our prayer history. I mean, we've done that a little bit before, haven't we, when we talked about the Holy Spirit, for example. What, what's our sort of experience and journey with praying from our
2: point of of um, conversion till now yeah I, I found these verses really helpful in that in reminding me of what prayer is all about I think I, I began to learn to pray when I was about 17 and I went to a house group for I don't know what, what you define as, as young adults and I discovered that um, I, I you could I could pray and I could pray with other people and it, and it was a very positive experience but I think I, I don't know what went wrong after that but then that kind of developed into a very kind of heavy weighty feeling about prayer that you know, I had to get it right and I had to do it very regularly and I had to spend a certain length of time and you had to use a certain kind of words when you were praying out loud and making up your own prayers um, and I think as the years have gone on, I've had to take apart a lot of that and use other things. And I, we were chatting earlier on Fiona about liturgy and so I, mm-hmm. I've increasingly found books, so I've used um, Celtic daily prayer book from the Northumberland community. Mm-hmm. Now when I was 17 in that Christian uh, evangelical house group, nobody would have whipped out a Celtic prayer book and said this is a way to pray." pray. So, so I suppose over the years I've learned that there's not the right way to pray. There's mm-hmm. lots of different ways of praying. And, and these verses we're going to talk about bring it back to the heart of a really deep relationship with God. Like, And I thought a lot when I was reading this as well about the relationship of a, a very young child with their parent, um, which reflects some of what's in, in these uh, verses. So I think it's best to, I still, I'm still trying to work out what prayer is and different ways of being with God. But at the heart, it is spending time with a, a loving parent you know, father god
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i suppose that develops over time doesn't it
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think about your relationship yeah. with your your human human parents how that yeah. develops neil what, what about you what would your history be of
1: um i suppose like many of us i i grew up in what might be called the evangelical prayer tradition where um there was a great big of emphasis on your quiet time in the morning um often uh, daily notes and then suggested prayers, and then going to a, a weekly prayer meeting, which in my case was a Christian union. And that was very much um, based upon a, um, a kind of request type of mm-hmm. prayer. I mean, I think people who, who are part of these would maybe resent that, but that was certainly my memory. A, a really important early book that I read on prayer um, was a Don Carson's book called A Call to Spiritual Reformation and in it he, he has a kind of fundamental insight that many of the things that we often pray for like safety or health are largely absent from the prayers of Paul which appear in, in Paul's letters and instead there tends to be things like prayer that you consistent prayer in Paul's that you would learn to love more you would uh, the, your, the, your quality of your faith would grow And so over the years, I suppose I've memorized a few of them. We're going to come to one of them later on, which is the the one in Ephesians 3, that my prayer that as I bow my knees before the Father, uh, he may grant that you may be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And we come to know the breadth and length and height and depth of God and the love of God. And so those prayers became more important. Uh, Also in that book, Don Carson talks about a, a thing he learned from a missionary, which was about a spiritual journal. And uh, in that, I suppose that's been quite important for me is to write down your prayers, uh, and that journal has uh, people you pray for most days, have well, people I pray for every day, and then people I pray for once a week. um And those lists have got quite long. Uh, I There's a passage in uh, C.S. Lewis. Um, he has letters. Is it Letters to Matthew? What's his book on prayers called? It's a letters Malcolm. to Matthew yes Malcolm that's who it is and he talks about how hard it is to remove someone from your prayer list (laughs) and just how terrible you feel so I very rarely do that so it just happens that the prayer list grows and grows and grows to the extent that I think I've got people who I pray for on a Monday when it's an even day of the week and Monday when it's an odd day because otherwise it just becomes crazy and then at the back of my book, uh, as I go through, I write prayer requests for each day and then at the back of the book, I write some of the big answers that I've had over the years, which have been quite incredible. And that just grows. Um, and then about five years ago, six years ago, in fact, I went to a work sh- uh, a conference and uh, there I was introduced to more contemplative forms of prayer, such as centering prayer. I, one of the things I need to watch for is I don't get stuck in a rut, a pattern of prayer. So I say to God, oh, aren't I good? I've done this an amount of prayers today. Mm-hmm. And I had a prayer app, which timed um, how much I'd prayed each month. And uh, up until recently, I'd I'd set myself a target for the month. But what I tended to do then was fall behind. And then around about the 20th of the month, I'd start doing mega pray to try and catch up. And I began to think, no, this is this is not really what it's all about, is it? About me hitting my my prayer quota for the month. So um, this month I've deliberately not timed myself at all. but I've really missed it, uh, um, and I've missed that discipline. So I'm looking forward to September starting again.
0: That's interesting, isn't it? It's often the way people would would, would feel about Bible reading as well, actually. So I think that's quite an interesting thing, mm. isn't it, that we we get into very unhelpful habits of 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 um yeah get, getting guilt cycles about about how much or how little. Uh, yeah, I mean broadly similar to both of you. I would say in, in my upbringing, I, I, was, I was reflecting when you were both speaking that. I think I I had a bit of a uh, a schism between prayer and Bible reading for a long time. So I thought of prayer as something, yeah, where you would go to the midweek prayer meeting and and I mean it was heartfelt and it was deeply spiritual experience. But often it was very much it was very much about the outward focus and intercessory prayer. Um, but that that was quite a separate thing from my time with God. I would say that probably I I, I struggled a bit to. I, I'm not somebody who finds quiet doesn't come naturally to me although I'm probably better at it than people might think I am. Um, yeah, so, so, so there was a bit of a, a kind of dichotomy between the, the two things. What Something that was very helpful for me, and this was probably, it was when I was living in Southampton, which is when I was about 2007, was um, discovering 24-7 prayer and the 24-7 prayer movement, which at that point um, was, was, there was a lot going on in the southeast of England and, and our church had a, a prayer shed uh where you know i remember going at five in the morning going around the corner and into this shed in the back of somebody's (laughs) garden and and that was a it was a bit of a game changer for me actually so the 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 use of prayer rooms that that more sort of physicalized prayer where you could write things draw things you know just spend time listening um for god active reflective activities i think from from that point on I've, i've sort of really developed in 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 more of an integration, I think, of of the word of God and, and, and my spending time in his presence through all of that.
1: Well, one of my favourite things is whenever you have a prayer week is encouraging people who would never normally come to the prayer meeting to sign up for an hour and people are an hour no way can't pray for an hour and they always say the same thing afterwards or nearly always say the same thing which is wow i couldn't believe how quickly it went then. and folk, folk do love it
0: and i think that there, for me i could go off on a thing about this but i, I think there is something about structure and freedom and i think that, that helps me when i'm thinking about prayer so so having a, a structured hour and and it being in my diary that's what i'm choosing to do and it's i suppose it's the discipline of that isn't it within that hour there's freedom so it becomes an expansive hour rather than a constrictive hour yeah but there's
1: certain things you won't do during that time like Mm -hmm. you won't check up on your facebook messages correct things like that yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and and so i think the experience of being in those kind of rooms has then seeped over into my own personal prayer life so i'm i think i'm probably more disciplined now than i used to be not because i i I, I, I don't want to be spontaneous about how I pray, but because I recognise that I need to put some structure in place in order to allow me to be um, spontaneous, I think.
1: And and be, and be is really important when it comes to that form of prayer. So, you know, things like Psalm 63, which is here, my flesh faints for you, I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your glory and power. What does that mean, to spend time hmm. beholding God's glory and power? That's not solely a verbal exercise. Okay. There, there, is just, there is space for silence in that. As well, or I love later on in one of the quotes from Paul. It says, eh, "By prayer and supplication." Mm-hmm. So, supplication is asking for things. So, when Paul says prayer and supplication, he must be alluding to forms of prayer which are not supplication. Mm-hmm. And I've, I find the, the kind of richer vocabulary of of that very important.
0: And that comes out, doesn't it? it particularly in the in the earlier parts of the readings. When it so the Isaiah fifty five passage in Psalm sixty three, there is a lot about the thirst, isn't there? There is the, there's mm-hmm. the physical thirst. that's the and uh, uh, yeah this this is something deeper than just a than
2: a, a head exercise a cerebral exercise I mean, it, it seems like all consuming mm-hmm. it, it's not just a wee add-on which I think is what it was for me for a long time and, and I suppose that's counter to what you've both been saying I think for me it, it was something I did at a certain time where increasingly it's become you know that communion with God can happen at any time mm-hmm and and yeah, and understand completely what you're saying, Neil, about things you won't do when you're praying, but you can pray when you're doing other things. So cooking the dinner or washing the dishes. I mean, we can yeah. we can turn them into into these moments that we read here in Isaiah and the Psalms about um, you know, I, you know, I just need you so much, God. It, it, it we couldn't contain that in a set time in the day. It needs mm-hmm. to be part of our whole experience. And, and so is it is it the bringing of our focus back to god is that is how how would we articulate what prayer is yeah i think i mean I, I do, prayer is such a mystery isn't it i mean both my children when they were small you know five or six would ask me the question how, how do you talk to god and i know what they meant what they meant was well i can talk to you i can talk to my friends um and i hear you and you know. I hear what you're saying and I know you and they didn't they didn't express all that but that's what they meant by the mm-hmm. question how do you mm-hmm. talk to God and really inside all of us is that question how do I connect with God how do I know God how how do I hear what he wants me to do you know prayer is really mysterious and it's part of the paradox of being people of faith isn't it that we, do, we have to live with that you know we don't really get it um but when you read the Psalms it's just this you know, I'm I'm just crying out to you, God. I need you. And I, I was thinking when I was reading, um, I don't know which one of the Psalm five. Did we do Psalm five? Yes, we did. Um, or and maybe and Psalm eighty six as well. It, it was a wee bit of a sense. That these were people crying out to God when things were really hard, and I suppose another thing I was taught was, oh no, you should, know you need to pray all the time. You don't just pray when things are hard. You know, you need to. I was thinking in my head of a small child playing. I know they're Mm -hmm. just consumed with their play. They're away in the imaginary world. The parents there in the room, and that could go on for hours and hours. But if something goes wrong, or something exciting Mm -hmm. happens, or something they want to ask, they'll come to the parent and say, "Look at this," or "Help me, Mm -hmm. I'm crying." You know, I, I need your comfort and. I just was shocked by God saying in these Psalms, "That's okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's okay for you to come to me when you're troubled and upset, or something's bothering you. That's the kind of relationship I want. I've made you to to be and to do things, but just come to me with with all your feelings and all your needs and all your mm-hmm. whatever you're going on inside you." As the
0: deer pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for you, God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My my tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long,
1: where is God? I I think... One of the, I think there's several ways to kill prayer or to, to make it terrible for people. One is to tie it to to God's favour, to say it's a kind of thing that we earn God's favour with us and that's why we need a healthy understanding of the doctrine of justification by grace. It's it's through Christ's grace that we're justified. Another way is to, to detach it from desire, to, to say that we only pray for the things that we ought to pray rather than the things that... Hmm. He really yeah. mattered to. us. So we, we were discussing earlier and say, should you pray for safety? But mm-hmm. I think because we talked about the the Ezra passage where he doesn't, uh, well, he does pray for safety, doesn't he? He refuses. It was a shame
2: um... though, a shame to ask for the horses.
1: Yes, he was ashamed to ask the king for horses, yeah. but he yeah, wasn't cause... ashamed to ask God for it.
2: Yeah, that's true. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I think the answer is the reason I pray to be safe is because I want to be safe. Therefore, I give mm-hmm. my desire to yeah. God. Um, like coming to the parent with what you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. Jesus says, just "Ask," you know, yeah. and and I think there's this whole thing about well, should I should I ask? Should I check out what I ask? First of all, and I often think it's like um, people that clean their houses before the cleaner comes round. You know, you just uh, <laughs> yes, you try and sort yourself out before yeah. you get to prayer. That that's yeah. not the point. The point is you just go, God, here it is, because this is the stuff that matters to me. And one way of killing prayer is to detach it from what our actual desire is because you think oh I shouldn't be asking for that well no ask for it yeah, and yeah. God will sort it out it as like Bill Hyde yes. said you know it's like a traffic lights it's either red for no yes for it, amber for weight or green for go. there's a lot of um simplicity in that and wisdom uh, in that.
0: And it, it, it talks into that thing doesn't it of we we tend to well I think we often slip into thinking prayer as the last resort hmm. so if I can't fix the problem myself so if yeah. I can't hmm. it you know line things up so that I'm kept safe I'll get to that point of, of asking God for safety. So you know, it feels a bit strange, but actually, for me, I think that the, the praying for safety is partly about saying, Do you know, what I, I don't have control of every part of my life, and so therefore, I choose to be dependent and see yeah. that you know, I mean, it's about need, isn't it? It's about need. Pray,
1: pray for parking spaces. I mean, you know, there's a whole thing about you should never pray for parking spaces because what kind of God do you believe in that would fix your parking space when there's all sorts of other problems around the world? I don't care. Pray for the parking space and then sort out your theology of grace <laughs> at the same time. It's not an either or. Like um, pray uh,
2: praying for a sunny day when half the world needs rain. Yeah. Uh,
1: pray for a sunny day. Pray for, I mean, i am I an anything when I work to. Pray for snow all the time. You know, I, you know pray for it and then then sort out your theology afterwards don't don't must not pray for that let's pray for parking spaces (laughs) how often do I need a parking space pray for the zoom link to come out. I spend half my life now (laughs) late for zoom meetings because I can't find the email where the zoom link was
2: well just the number of times I pray for lost keys Maybe that's my problem. I need to pray mm. more for all my lost things. Didn't Jesus say
1: something about lost things once? I'm sure. sure <laughs> he has an once. interest in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing with prayer is, it is, um, sounds a bit crude, but mix it up a bit, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ignatius said, don't pray the way you can't, pray the way you can Find different ways. So, centering prayer, which comes from Cynthia DeBoer, well, well, it comes out of a guy called Thomas Keating, who was uh, ran a monastery, and he was very upset about all these people heading off to Buddhism to learn how to pray when he reckoned there was plenty of stuff telling you how to do it within the Christian faith. And uh, he came up with centering prayer. And the way that centering prayer works is it's about that thing that you said a moment ago, uh, Fiona, about presence. Yeah. And this is only one way of praying. It's not the only way of praying. It's not the only way of, praying. Only way of contemplative praying either um but when so you have a word that that, that you say two or three times to bring you to the presence of God so when I do it I am um, I say the word Abba um in the past I've said the word said the word Yahweh what's important the Brugo says is don't change your word halfway through the prayer you know decide what it's going to be and then set a time and she recommends 20 minutes uh, to start with and a what you do is um, you just sit in silence and you're aware of the presence of God. So you say, Abba, 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 and you sit silently. And inevitably a thought comes. And just when the thought comes, you just say Abba again to try and move you back. And somebody once said to a, a Thomas Keating, who'd come up with this, Oh, I find it so hard, centering prayer. You know, um, fifth, at least 50 times during my time of centering prayer, I think about something else. And Keating said, oh, that was 15 opportunities to come back to the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's that, you simply say the word, de Burgo talks about the windscreen wiper. It, it's like, you know, the, the, all these thoughts and you say the word and somehow there's a clarity that you're back with the presence of God. So that's one way of doing contemplative prayer. And it, it sits with a lot of these Psalms, which are about beholding God and being sensitive to the presence of God. Not the only way, but, mm. but one of the one of the ways. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's very helpful, thank you. And can we talk about kind of transcendence? Just this this oh, idea of what's
2: happening. I was struck by the the New Testament passages that that talk about prayer. There's a it's just transformation all the time. You know, yeah. I, to be more loving, more patient, more kind, um, more prayerful. It's just like pray, pray, pray because you're going to change and you're going to become more like God. And at the same time, I'm reading a book by Andrew Root called um, Youth Ministry Ending. And I've only read the first few chapters, but he talks about how becoming the most you you can be is a real focus of of our culture and of finding your identity. And I was just struck by the contrast of Paul's words that as we spend more time with God, we become more like him when we're changed. Not that he stops us being us, but he makes us more like Jesus. So that's a huge part of spending time with God. And just when you were talking, Neil, as well about that need to, to be with God. I mean, when, when we come to die, it'll just be us and God, won't it? You know, and so if we're not, not that we're just building a prepared life so that we can cope when we die, but, you know, it, it, well, one day it'll just be us and God. So it's so important that we, we have this intimacy that is mm. poured out in these verses that we've read and mm. we're changed.
1: Yeah, that sensing of something uh, beyond us. Um, Thomas Aquinas, uh, the famous medieval theologian who wrote stacks of books, I won't even begin to understand. um, He began his, um, his understanding of the Trinity by asking himself the question, does God enjoy God's self? Um, does God get bored or does God enjoy being God Mm -hmm. and uh, his answer was resoundingly God loves being God you know God is in supreme joy and and that led him to the idea that the father loves being with the son loves being with the spirit loves being with with God and what happens particularly above all probably in John's gospel we're invited into that place of of being with with God, and once again, this shows up again in Paul's prayers, particularly some of the Ephesian prayers um, about the the riches and inheritance of just being with God and the power of God and invited. And at one point, it talks about uh, Jesus Christ being raised by the Father, and talks about the same power at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. us. Um, so, um, yeah. The. That, that sense of of being with God of transcendence is is vital and we were talking earlier and about Maslow's famous hierarchy of of needs. Abraham Maslow is a psychologist who I think he wrote it in the late 1940s um and in it he 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 famously said that humans need to first of all you have physiological needs like you need air and water and sleep and then you have safety needs which are your security and health and hygiene and then you have relationship needs belonging and then you have esteem and then the final one was self-actualization which you talked about earlier jen about becoming yourself um which by the way i, I don't think isn't truly in opposition to the, the spiritual life i think the two of them go together i think mm-hmm. yeah um where the the where the Christian insight would be that this is a, a journey that you do not make alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, but Maslow, towards the end of his life, criticised his own hierarchy of needs and said that the self actualization view did not take account of the fact that we needed to be with God. It wasn't just to become ourselves, it was to be with God, and that word transcendent is that idea of, of God beyond us. <laughs>
2: You should pray like this.
0: Our Father in heaven,
2: help us to honor your name.
0: Come and set up your kingdom.
2: So that everyone on earth will obey you.
1: As you are obeyed in heaven,
2: give us our food for the today.
1: Forgive us for doing wrong.
2: As we forgive others.
1: Keep us from being tempted.
2: And protect us from evil.
0: Uh, so any other sort of final things that you would say that, that would, you know, you could talk to your 25-year-old self about prayer, what would you what would you say?
2: I, I think I would use the things that you really enjoy in life to help you pray. Mm. So I, mm. I've always, my, my children complain that I take too many photographs, but I do try and explain that I've been doing that since before social media. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy taking photographs with a proper camera. Um, <laughs> so if you enjoy doing that, you could you could use that in your prayer, you know, mm-hmm. take pictures of the day, look back over the day, um now there, there's a contemplative tradition that i use it what's it you'll know neil at night time you have three questions or the things an examen yeah the daily examine so that what... wasn't neil's voice that was my voice no it was very me, good very um, happy. i was really glad
1: you came in because i was going quite... not remember the name for that
2: <laughs> um and i think the daily examen's great because people of all ages could do it you know what yes. was what was something you did today that you thought please god um something that would have displeased God and something you're thankful for but there's there's various versions online you can find but that's mm-hmm. just like you talked about the first thing you do in the morning you know reading God's words but also the last thing at night to stop and say to God well how how was that day mm-hmm. that we had mm-hmm. um so back to the thing about the photography or mm-hmm. if you love to paint or draw or walk or run you use these times to mm-hmm. To spend time with God, and
0: and obviously the other thing we haven't really touched on, but but I think is important to say as well, is, is that prayer is not just what well, we have touched on. It. It's not just about me and my mm. self actualization, but it is about a global perspective on that as well. And I think anything that helps people find that, whether that's you know traditional kind of prayer letters that you get from from organisations yeah. and agencies, or, or whether it's looking at a map of the world or, or paying particular attention to particular countries that God puts in our hearts, that's
2: and situations. Well, that, that's yeah. That's one of important. the the lines in that psalm of the deer panting for the water is where is your god Mm -hmm. and when i was reading that and i I, it took me to the news and i I just scrolled through my news app i was looking at all these places where i would ask that question Mm -hmm. where is god in Mm -hmm. this
0: yeah helpful helpful and I suppose it's of things well I think there is something about about unity and we've talked before about unity but but I was reflecting the fact that I'm I'm part of a, a group we meet to pray about trafficking as an issue anti-trafficking as an issue and and there's a unity that comes with that so we're maybe from different church traditions different denominations but we can gather together and actually that stuff goes out the window because you're you're there with a common purpose to to intercede about that so there, there's something that, that prayer brings unity in a
2: way that's actually I think quite pleasing and beautiful isn't there and I mean, it's all, like the Lord's Prayer is in these readings and the, sim- the depth of that, but also the simplicity of it. Um, And at the start of lockdown, when we we're all having to wash our hands for 20 seconds, I was saying the Lord's Prayer because it takes about 20 seconds. But, you know, it seems a bit silly, but it's not really. It's better than singing happy birthday. It's just mm-hmm. sort of meaningless. You know, use these moments.
0: Well, it's to... Brother Lawrence, isn't it? It's the practicing the presence of God, isn't it? In, in the In the everyday.
2: So wash your hands as well, not stopped.
1: One of my favourite, we talked about a woman called Marty Besant before we came coming on. Marty he died two years ago um, and influenced lots and lots of people. Uh, but she used to tell a story about prayer that came from a Chinese missionary, missionary called James Fraser. And James Fraser had been... Um, traveling he used to this is like before the second world war so he used to travel between different villages and often in very dangerous areas and one night he'd he spent it in a ditch and it was an area where there were known to be bandits and he took a big risk um but he was absolutely exhausted so he slept that night in a, in a ditch and a, about a few weeks later one of the kind of bandits in that area uh, came to faith and uh, came up to James Fraser and said uh, we saw you three weeks ago with our gang, and we were about to attack you, but we didn't because you were surrounded by twelve bodyguards. Mm-hmm. And and James Fraser was like, "What? No, I didn't ever have bodyguards." And then he remembered that the night that he was um, he, he slept in that ditch was also the night that the regular prayer meeting met to pray for him and there were 12 people who were in that wow. group wow. who met to pray.
0: Yeah. Hmm. goosebumps bumps for that, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Well there you go. That's a good point to to finish I think. Uh is there one takeaway that you would want to implement into your your routine your practice?
2: I'm going to try lots of the things we've talked about today. <laughs> I I just many days pass when I I really haven't decided to talk to God and pray. I need to do something about it. So I'm going to bring back the things that I haven't done for a while and try some of the things that y- you've mentioned.
1: And for, for so for me, I, I I would heartily recommend Cynthia de Burgos' book on uh, prayers, just called Centering Prayer. She's also done interviews on the internet. You can go and find those. Um, Pete Gregg has written some fantastic stuff in this area. Pete Gregg's prayer course is well worth looking at. Pete Gregg is a modern day uh, leader in in prayer uh, there's also a wonderful book that's published in scotland by johannes Hartel called Heartfire, which is about the german prayer book uh, it's published by muddy pearl really really good and, and uh, swells your passion for prayer so i think i th- i'd say there's one or two things that that, that motivates to pray one is just the desire to pray and you read that all the way all the way mm-hmm. through the scriptures you know paul does jesus does it's the heart of of the life billy graham was asked towards the end of his life if you to if he'd do anything differently from what he'd ever done what would he do and um as he was asked that question the whole audience pricked up because this was the Mm. great evangelist you know what had he not done and he said the the one thing he'd like to have done more of is to pray so one is the desire to pray comes from but the second is please 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 find the way that works for you and don't castigate yourself for the way that doesn't work for you because repeatedly trying to do the thing that doesn't work for you won't work so find another way and there are lots of ways in, in the, whether it's using words of scripture yeah. or silence or classic ways of doing it find the way that works for you
0: great great yep. and I think for me Neil I'm going to take a leaf out of your book literally and I think I need to record answers to prayer I don't think yeah. I am mm. very good at that I'm good at asking and I'm sometimes good at remembering, but I think I need to write those things down to,
2: to encourage yep. me. I've started such a book this morning. Very good.
0: Well, we can maybe check with <laughs> the For such a book thing. as this. A <laughs> <laughs> leaf out of Neil, Neil Glover's book. Uh, thank you so much, both of you. Next time we're on the Book of Life, which sounds like a children's movie, really, doesn't it? But it's it's basically some readings helping us think about the beauty of God and the beauty of God's word. Um, so we'll be back talking about that next time. Uh, on the outspoken bible but in the meantime thank you very much to neil glover and to jen robertson it's been a delight as ever to see you and we'll uh, speak to you next time on the outspoken bible